0: hello hello and welcome to pick and play podcast where today we are going to be breaking down and overreacting to game one day one day two kind of in the nba i'm gonna call it day one because it was fucking jam-packed and to break all that down leo how you doing
1: i'm great it's christmas eve merry christmas uh i'm, I'm feeling pretty good uh a little hungover last last episode was your hangover edition i think this one's mine but i'm ready to roll
0: so you got an up close look at the nba this season something that most some something that almost everybody didn't get uh towards the end of last year as they went into a bubble but you being down in florida they are open for business there's no rules here Um, How's that looking? How was that? How many people were in the stadium? Um, How how did it look? What game did you see?
1: Uh, I was at the Toronto-New Orleans game last night, and it was pretty good, actually. I I thought that the staff in in Emily Arena handled it pretty well. They made sure everyone had their masks on. Uh, The seats were pretty well-distanced from each other, and what they would do is all seats that weren't available, they would zip-tie them so that you can't pull them down. And it was, yeah, so they they did a good job in making sure that people were distanced. Even if you weren't in your real seat, as long as you weren't next to people, it was cool. It was, I don't know, I want to say it was maybe 20% full. Okay. A couple thousand people, I I would say maybe one or two, 3,000 people. But it was pretty good. I got to see Zion, I got to see Ingram, and and the Hornets up, um, the Raptors up close. It, It was pretty good. Uh, my, my main takeaway was that in, Brandon Ingram yeah uh, the stat sheet says that Brandon in- Ingram had a great game but the in person he looked great out there yeah he looked great he was playmaking he the mid-range jumper was working the three ball was working he got JJ Redick probably at least five good looks at three pointers like he just had a great game i know Zion's uh, final stat stat sheet. I, I don't remember what he ended up with, but it was a real quiet game for Zion. He didn't really pop off. He, uh, he, didn't, he didn't impress.
0: No I, I actually sense. think that the better this this Pelicans team is going to be, the quieter Zion will be to start the year. Uh, if this team is, is going to be a playoff team, then your veterans, which now Brandon Ingram is, uh, need to take over, and they need to be the cog that drives the wheel. And then as Zion matures and fits into the team, he will start to take over and flourish. But it should start by the Pelicans laying the groundwork and then Zion kind of folding in second. And we saw that this, was, this wasn't this was an easy win. This was the Raptors in their home court now um, t- trying to stave off the Pelicans. Uh, I think this is... I don't want to say it's a sign of things to come, but we do believe the Pelicans will be um, competitive this year. And at the same time, you know, my philosophy was I think the Raptors kind of come back to earth. So uh, I think this is a it is kind of what you're seeing. The Raptors max out at 99. Uh, the Pelicans, you know, I would say that their defense left a lot to be desired from last year. But if you look at it this year and you add Steven Adams and you can now kind of drop Lonzo Ball back to a pure facilitator and a defensive player, you're no longer asking him to score the ball really at all. He just move the ball up the court, facilitate, drive the lane, play great defense. You can start to see pieces move into the right position. You have Steven Adams in the middle. Brandon Ingram, when engaged, is a, is a great defender. Uh, and so is Lonzo, so you could actually replace that production you lost on defense from Drew Holiday with these young guys, uh, as they all have to do a little less. I think you could see their defense all around improve, and, and I'm excited to see this. It's a good start for the Pelicans. Every win matters in 72-game season, uh, and, and we've already seen a game be suspended, so... Um, right. So before start. we
1: move on to the next game, uh, I just want a, a couple things that I noticed from sitting, you know, sitting and watching in person. Yeah. Lonzo Ball looked a lot more comfortable in, on the jumper.
0: Okay. It, you, know, you
1: you bring up Lonzo Ball and how how we might see an improvement from him just from having to do less. His jumper, he looked comfortable. It wasn't that it was going in because we know sometimes yeah. he can get hot and they go in. He he looked aggressive. He, he was running down the court, pulling up from three of the catch and shoot. looked he looked confident in yeah. the jumper and not only him, Eric Bledsoe as well. I don't know. I don't know how sustainable that is, but Eric Bledsoe, he was he was shooting from three as well. I think him and not Lonzo combined to shoot 50 percent from three last night. And, and so they, if they're going to get three-point shooting from Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball, maybe not every night, but on a semi-consistent basis, then this team is going to be better than what we expected.
0: That will never happen. Those two <laughs> cannot shoot. I do not care. Uh, Eric Bledsoe is one of the most aggravating players I watch shoot the foot, shoot the football, shoot the basketball. Um, it just looks wonky. It looks like his arms are too long to actually have like a solid rhythm. Uh, and his arm, cause his arms are fucking, that guy's arms are the longest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. And it just doesn't look like. He can formulate a shot mathematically. It just looks like every time he's putting something together, it's a weird science experiment when he goes up to shoot. So um, I I don't I, if you're saying that you know we're gonna I think New Orleans will settle into a defensive team with the Bledsoe. You know they're long. They're gonna be they're gonna be able to defend the perimeter. I think they're gonna give a lot of teams trouble on the perimeter. I don't think they're gonna get that scoring from Bledsoe and Lonzo. Um, just because of the two people's name we we mentioned. But uh, I think they can be competitive if they settle into more of a defensive, grind it out. Ingram can score, Zion can score, um, and then you can get 10 points from the cast, pretty much anyone, Stephen Adams. And, and you know what? You got Stephen Adams. And, and for me, that makes you a feisty dog. Let's run through some of these games real quick. We won't spend time on some of them, but I, I want to cover it. Uh, The Charlotte Hornets start out their year. Terry Rozier goes for 42 in a humiliating loss to the Cavaliers. Uh, This is not good. I know in the NBA you don't judge one game, but we're going to. And when you start out the season losing to the Cavaliers, that ain't fucking good in what's going to be a competitive East. So, You know, I look for a lot of these teams to come out and handle business early on, uh, and we'll get more into that later. Uh, But when you start out the year, you have a new vamped Hornets. You score, Terry Rozier goes for 42, which is not his forte. You lose by seven of the Cavaliers. Not great. Not great.
1: Yeah, no. Nah, the thing that stands out to me for Terry Rozier, and you know, he's a microwave kind of player. Yep. He might get hot one night and give you one of these nights occasionally, but ten of sixteen from three. Like Terry, if Terry Rozier is going to give you that, which he's not, no, nah, he's I mean not. not every night. But I, 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 maybe Gordon Hayward's playmaking you know opens some things up for him. You know, I think. Terry Rozier, the role that they have him in, at least they had him in last night, was more of a shooting guard role. So they took him out of the point guard role and yep. said, we we don't need you running the offense, we just need you to fill it up. Yep. And he might be decent in that role.
0: Yes, but if you give up 121 of the Cavs, it's going to be a fucking tough season.
1: Oh yeah, well it's going to be a tough season regardless for the Hornets.
0: Yeah, so their their sh- their lack of depth behind their those couple starters really, really laying them out. Uh, next game, flip over to Wizard Sixers. Hey, Russ comes back, instantly a triple-double. Bradley Beal with 31. This is They have two players that combined will probably score them 50 points a night. That's going to win a lot of games in the NBA.
1: Right, right. You know, we talked about with Westbrook, he's back with Scotty Brooks. Uh, He's probably a little more comfortable in Washington than what he was in Houston. And starting off with a triple-double, I know they lost, and so we probably shouldn't sit here and jerk them too much, but... this is a big improvement from what we saw last year, and I think with Westbrook and Beal, they should they should be fighting for a playoff spot. They should be because they they put up a fight against the Sixers, and it really took a, a very good fourth quarter from the Sixers to win that game. Yep, it, it, they put up forty points in the fourth, uh, outscoring Washington by sixteen <laughs> yeah. and only one by six. So uh, Washington, you know Washington, they might be a someone to be reckoned with this season, like you said
0: these team both these teams encouraging game from the Wizards perspective last year they were getting boat raced by teams 130 points being scored against them, 120 you're seeing a little defense the team still has to gel um but the, it looks like this is going to be a competitive team we all expect the 76ers to be better the 76ers roster was put together pretty well at the at last minute they, they have a couple nice pieces look and and, and when we talk about them and what Philadelphia is going to bring to the table, we both think that they're going to be a top seed in the East. So competing with them right off the bat, uh, I, I think is 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 a great sign for these for these uh, for, for both these these teams moving forward. All right, next team. Not going to mention this too much. The Pacers and the Knicks. Uh, the Pacers just handle business. Uh, they beat the Knicks pretty handily, one at one twenty one to one hundred seven. Um, a little a little gambling. Advice: The Knicks are terrible. They're terrible. (laughs) Just bet against them a lot. Just bet against them a lot. I wouldn't get into 10, 15 point spreads. Here's something that happens in the NBA that terrifies me. Once the spread gets above like seven, you start to run into that. I sat on my starters for the last six minutes of the game. I was up 20. The other team slowly starts to come back because they put in their tryhards. And now all of a sudden, that 17 point, you know, that 17, 20 point lead I had at the start of the fourth has whittled down to seven points with a minute to go. And now I'm hoping some asshole doesn't take a fucking easy shot because no one's playing defense and make a basket. So be careful with these teams as you go when there's these seven to ten point lines. Uh, I'd to I try to stay below eight. But the Knicks are going to be a team you can pick on this year. There's two things the Knicks don't do. They don't score and they don't play defense. Going to be tough. They came out of this game. They fired on all cylinders. They put up 33 in the first, 33 in the second. This is heading for a just a whirlwind of a game. They turn around. They have 16 in the third, 25 in the fourth. Uh, they were winning at halftime and end up losing by 14 so uh the knicks are a team i think you're going to be able to pick on all year
1: yeah i don't have much to add here i i'm not even going to lie to the listeners i watched zero seconds of pacers knicks um Although I do want to check out, uh, maybe watch the condensed game later and see how Victor Oladipo looked because the stat sheet looks good. But I want to see if he's, you know, if he's got that bounce, if he's got that spring in his step. That's something that I'm going to be looking for in the Pacers going forward. But didn't take in too much Pacers Knicks content.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would, I wouldn't have. Um, the Heat, Magic start out the season. Magic upset him uh, for whatever reason. The Magic just can play big at times. Uh, and kind of over physical you and we saw that as this game went on the heat made a rally in the third but the magic put the clamps on them in the fourth they both go 24 24 i don't take a ton out of this these are both playoff teams last year i think that the heat are going to be a, a a contender and the we know we think the magic gonna be hanging around the back half here so you know i don't take too much from that
1: so let me ask you this: I'm gonna break off of the game recap. I need to ask a question.
0: With the
1: Heat, are they still your babies this year? Do you have
0: new babies? Uh, well, we all know I have a new baby. Washington's my new baby. So, ah,
1: I, I forgot. My bad. Yeah. you're right.
0: I'm a Jimmy Butler stand. This is this is true. Uh, but Washington's my new baby this year. Um, I, I like, you know, honestly, my two little babies are Phoenix and Washington. Um, and. Uh, those are the teams that I'm going, I think they're going to upset and surprise a lot of people. Uh, I think they're hard. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm old school in a lot of ways. A lot of people just look at numbers, numbers, numbers. Um, I'm an emotion guy. Uh, that's why I love someone like Russell Westbrook on a team like Washington. See, I don't think Russell Westbrook's a good postseason player. But in the regular season, you know, it's important to have a guy every night that walks in with a fuck you attitude. That's why you like yes. Jimmy Butler. And and Russell Russell's got a fuck you attitude. And and when you play 72 regular season games and some are going to be back to back, you know, no one has ever in a million year questioned Russell Westbrook's uh you know, cardio, his stamina. And you Correct. need that that heart needs to be pumping all year long, and it's gonna be pumping. We saw it triple double first game out. You know what you're getting. Like there's no joke here. There's no joke with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, you're gonna get a guy who goes triple double. Yes. Uh is it always a is it a team friendly triple double always? No. But it does resonate with the entire fucking team. The entire fucking team plays hard the entire game. And it's because you have Russell Westbrook. Is that always a good thing? Yes.
1: I, I think it is always a good thing. I know a lot of people talk about em- empty calorie stats or whatever, no. but I don't think that Russ is one of those players. He might not be the most efficient player, but he's not he's not doing empty calorie stuff. Like Everything he's doing is towards winning. Yes. So I, I don't like when I hear people try to discredit his stats because they, it's not pretty. I, I don't really understand that.
0: Yeah, I, it's as if every single... Every single sport doesn't have empty calories. Like, uh, it's it's just such a funny thing to argue. Um, I get it. There are padding stats. You know, in the NFL, we talk about it when you're down three scores and you got to throw the ball, right? There, there are ways to hide it. But in an NBA game where teams can score 40 points in a quarter, right, how do you determine an empty stat? You lose hey, by six. They're... How is that ever? And how is any of your stats empty?
1: I think if you lose the game, they just call it empty stats. That's what I think is happening. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's people, it's like the opposite analytics crowd who just roll over in bed um, and they're like, that was a lazy point. And you're like, okay, well, you know, it's tough to score in the NBA regardless. So, anytime you're doing it, getting a rebound, getting an assist, like, I, I it's hard to have, it's hard to say assists are ever empty. You know what I mean? Like, so you you set up your teammate to score a basket. How can how can that be like? How can I, getting I
1: don't understand. Man. How can I don't
0: points get be empty? How can assists be empty? We've seen the rebounds where people clear out and let Russ get the rebound. Okay, but you know what you'll weird. you'll know what you'll never see Russ do. Not try to get the rebound. There's effort in that. Watch how many players just do not even fucking try to rebound. Russ is always trying to rebound. Oh, people clear it out for him. He's still rebounding. He's still going to get the ball. He's still rebounding. There there are other grown-ass men seven inches taller than him trying to get that rebound. He's getting them.
1: That's very rare, too. Very rare. Like, last night, I'm at that Pelicans game, and Brandon Ingram was sitting on nine rebounds. Just needed one more to get his triple-double. And and I'm watching him to see if he's going to go rebound. You know, and yeah. he just didn't look that interested. And and granted, he had nine boards on the game, so I'm not saying he can't rebound. Right, but he needed one more, and I'm just kind of watching him to see if he's interested in that last rebound. No, didn't seem interested. No. Never got it.
0: He's a part of a different game. Russell Westbrook basically looks at the ball as something he should be moving to. You know, there there's another life where he's the best safety in the NFL. There there's a there's a whole other life where Russell Westbrook's the best safety in the NFL. Um, you are not talking that, about a guy. He 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 is a ball hawk. Let's be honest. How do you get points? Balls in your hand. How do you get assists? Balls in your hand. How do you get a rebound? Balls in your hand. The guy has great instincts for the ball. You do not get triple doubles. Yes, some of them are baked in. I get that, but you don't get points, assists that that are just empty. I I understand that. Um, I do I think there's a huge difference in NBA between a playoff team and a regular season team because the intensity is there all the time in the playoffs. with a regular season you got to bring it. You know the biggest heart in the NBA might be Russell Westbrook. So uh, in, yeah, you know no arguments there. And, 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 and and he just cuts through. All right, let let's pack let's pack that in. Let's um a couple more games to just briefly cover. Uh Bucks Celtics, another banger. Giannis misses a free throw at the end of the game. Still a problem. Uh, That's tough. That's it, tough. Man. it is tough. Um Tatum looks like Tatum Brown you're set in Boston. You really are. Just put better pieces around him. Stop looking for another big star. You have your stars. Start building more around them. Give them more depth. Give them to work with. These young guys are phenomenal. They had this game actually completely wrapped up, but the Bucks stormed back ferociously in the fourth. Scored thirty-seven, outscored them by sixteen. Falls one short. Uh, nothing to take away from this game other than a good game for big. You know, for for green, uh, the color green had a good day. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> you know, so that's all I got. Um, Hawks, Bulls, I don't really have anything from here. Who gives a fuck? Right? Like who gives a oh, fuck? Oh, hold on. Hold okay, on. okay. I do give a fuck. All right. Because
1: I I love Trey Young, and Trey Young is another one of those okay. guys where people talk about empty calories and I don't agree because you know, just because the team is crap doesn't mean that what he's doing is just worthless. They come out and I know it's just the Bulls, you know, the Bulls aren't they're probably gonna be a top three pick, top five pick this season. However, Trey Young comes out with thirty-seven, seven and six, amazing efficiency. He pretty much put this away by halftime. I just want to give him a shout out because the the whole Hawks unit had a solid day, but Trey Young going ten of twelve from the field, twelve of fourteen from the line. Uh, what more can you ask for? I'm tired of the Trey Young slander, and I'm going to be banging that table all season. I think that he has the chance to be a top five point guard in the league. I think he has a chance to be a top 10 player in the league. And this was a good start. So I just want to give him his flowers real quick.
0: Uh, Trey <clears throat> Young for me is a lot where Devin Booker used to be. I think CP3 will legitimize Phoenix this year, where Trey Young's still going to wait for that moment. Um, and look, let's be honest. A lot of people are – this is the same – it's so It's so fucking funny. Um Michael Jordan. Everyone knows him, right? Everyone's aware of who Michael Jordan is. You know, when he, was in, when he started in the league, he got fed the ball nonstop. Nonstop. The rest of the team sucked. He had to carry them. They go into the playoffs. They get bounced every year. Right? Now, a little different. Trey Young is not Michael fucking Jordan. but Right now. The ball runs through Trey Young's hands for a reason. He's the best scorer. They don't have other options. They really don't. He's the best guy by by such a wide margin that when you look at it and go, well, the Hawks lost by 20. They didn't last night. The Hawks won by 20 last night. But typically people go, well, the Hawks lost by 20. Who cares if Trey Young had 37? Well, if Trey Young doesn't have 30 fucking seven, they lose by 30. Okay? Right. That's the difference. Understand that it's not that, oh, well, he can't play on a winning team. What does that mean? What the fuck? The the hardest thing to do in basketball— bar none, is score the ball. Put that fucking orange ball, through. right? That's the hardest thing in basketball. At the end of the day, I do not count up your assists and say the team with the highest assists won. I do not count up the rebounds and say the team with the highest rebounding won. I count up your points. So it's tough to say that someone like Trey Young, you know, gets those empty calories when, if he's not there, that team doesn't win by anything. They wrapped this game up. They were up 30 points going into the fourth against the Bulls. He scores 37. Doesn't play much the fourth. What This is right, the kind, only
1: 26 minutes on the game for Trey Young.
0: This is the kind of shit that when you look at it you go, "Man, if they could just put anything around him, he would be a superstar." So, right, I, I, I We're going I think with a, a
1: one legitimate perimeter like you know that that perimeter guy. If they could get that guy, you know that six eight, six seven, can handle the tough defensive assignment. You know it would be perfect on this team, like Paul George.
0: Yes. Yeah, they need one guy. And, and and they're just one guy short to be to be to be in the playoffs. They're not there yet. They're gonna wait a little bit.
1: Uh, as, as I said, I don't need to bang the table anymore on yeah. Trey Young. I know that he's not a great defender. I don't care. Uh, you know find someone else to play defense he's not the first player ever that can't defend it'll be fine
0: um detroit minnesota don't really care uh glad to see cat back on the court that guy's been through more than just about anybody else good to see Uh, Spurs Grizzlies, Spurs put up 131, that's out of fucking nowhere. John Morant goes for 44. So we basically, John Morant goes for 44, Terry Rozier goes for 42, both teams lose. Uh, Are those empty calories? No, hell no. Right. Without them, they would have gotten fucking murder spree. The Spurs, no idea. Something to keep an eye on here, because anytime someone puts up 131, you're like, that's interesting. Right, right. And,
1: so I went into the season saying that John Morant was one of the, I guess, stories to watch for yep. me uh, because I want to see how some of these second and third year players take another leap forward. John Morant took a giant leap forward in the giant. season opener. The rest of this team didn't come with him, but yeah. it, it, I love to see it. I love to see it. He sets a career high to start off his sophomore year. So watch John Morant this season.
0: Look Just for the, watch him. Look for the Grizzlies to be in contention. Two years from now. They're not there. Two years from
1: now. No, absolutely. The roster's not even close. Not to, roster's to not close. If they were to make the playoffs, that means that John Moran had an all NBA type season.
0: The problem is there's too many players that can have in like the truth is with the West is John Moran having an all NBA type of season probably still doesn't get them to five hundred.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I have He no just scored forty
0: four, they lost by
1: they're another the team Spurs. that i think is one very good perimeter team bar perimeter player away you For, know from, i feel like every championship team to be a contender you need someone in that six 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 eight range that can kind of do it all
0: yeah and they just you know the problem is that linchpin see you need that player to get into the playoffs in the west that doesn't win you shit in the West. That just gets you a ticket to the dance. And then you get in there and you go, ah, so everyone else has an all-pro at that position? We're going to get paddled. And then you get paddled. And then and then you're like, okay, so we're in that bucket. And they're like, yes, you're in that bucket. So, uh, you know, the Grizzlies are going to fall into that Atlanta Hawks range where you're like, man, there's some exciting players on this team, but they just don't win a ton of games um another game that's kind of ho-hum interesting if, if you care N- nuggets uh kings nuggets end up pulling the upset in overtime uh i don't really take did much did you see the this. way that game ended no i didn't i didn't
1: it ends on uh, i don't i think it was harrison barnes pulls up for three at the end of overtime he misses and buddy healed storms in tips the ball in for the game winner at the buzzer and the entire Kings roster sprints out of the arena
0: (laughs) oh that's right that's right I was flipping between games but I do remember seeing that that's right they ran off the court fun game fun game um we we end we we have jazz trailblazers uh the jazz clamp them down jazz in early season defensive mode um Nurkic isn't back yet fully we know this uh, Donovan Mitchell runs that court. The Jazz team are so funny. They remind me of like a, you know, I draw a lot of comps to the NFL cuz that's that's my bread and butter. Uh the the Jazz are a team that you go. They run the ball and they play good defense. That's just like there's an old man banging his hand on a on a bar counter somewhere going if you just, you know, control the ball and play good defense, and that's all the Jazz do. Nothing superb out of any of these quarters. Just constant clamps, constant team defense. Everything revolves around Rudy Gobert and then Donovan Mitchell running point. Um, the Jazz handily win. I think the Blazers are going to be a team that needs time to get going. That I just think there's some gelling that needs to happen. Uh, but Jazz win. Walk away with it. <sighs>
1: That's a funny comp that you made to the NFL team that that is ground and pound and plays defense because much like in the NFL, when you find those teams that run the ball and play defense, those are normally the teams that get labeled as boring. Yes. And that's how I feel about the Jets. Oh,
0: yeah, big time. Big time fucking run the ball, play defense vibes. You know who else does that? Indiana. Indiana's you know run the ball, play defense. We'll be a four to five seed and we'll be frisky. You know, like that's right. like that's literally the entire fucking mantra. Uh, and they both wear very similar colors too. It's that yellow and blue. So that dark blue. So maybe there's something there to it. All right, last game of the night. Well, last played game of the night, and then we're gonna tackle a big topic. Um, the Mavericks and the Suns play. The Suns first off. I did believe the Suns win this game. I think the Magic, uh, the Mavericks without Porzingis, aren't the same Mavericks team. Um, and we see CP3 instantly boost Devin Booker, who who for years was in that fucking Trey Young role. They boost him up. What does that mean? That means less. You don't need um, Devin Booker to score sixty. CP3 is now a facilitator in a way that allow and it's not just in his assists; it's his it's his court general he doesn't even shoot the ball well booker shoots the ball okay bridges has a good game and they beat the mavericks who are not at full strength this is not the best mavericks team you'll see during the season uh luca has a good stat line to start but oh and one uh any takeaways here
1: no i think luca had a good stat line but in actually watching luca i did pay attention to this game as well um he kind of looked a, a step slow out there. I don't know if maybe he's he's taking the play yourself in the uh, in the shape approach. Yeah. I, I don't really know what, what his fitness level is at, but he just kind of looked a little slower to me out there. Which, which is, is fine. You know it's the first game of the year. It's just something I noticed.
0: Which is something he does. He plays himself into shape. I think he's a lot like Harden in that way. They come in off season, they've relaxed. They, you know, I don't know what they do. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that Luke is a strip club purveyor like Harden, who may be, you know, holding a large part of the economy in those cities, uh, exotic <laughs> dancing clubs up by himself. But he, you know, he does always tend to look a little, little chunky to start the season. And then he plays himself into immaculate shape, which, you know, the season takes a lot out of you. So putting a little on before it and getting going as you're younger, I, I, can, I can totally – I'm on board with that. Um,
1: I'm not mad at it, but in a 72-game season where yep. every win counts just a little bit more and you know that KP probably isn't going to play at least, uh, I don't know, the first week, yep. uh, I I would think that you come in a little more ready than that.
0: So it's one game, and I don't want to totally overreact, but this is kind of why I didn't have Luca in the big picture for MVP. Um not to say one loss is anything, but the Suns are not the biggest competition you're going to play. And obviously, like I said, it's just one game. But, th- th- you know, without KP, how many games do we expect the Mavericks? You know, if KP misses 12 games, the Mavericks go 6-6 six and six through him. He comes back. You know, he when he comes back, there's a lot of back-to-backs. So he's just naturally not going to play any of them. So there are a lot. I think the, the, the thing that's going to trip up a lot of people with this season is... If you're not a top four team, it's going to be tough for you to get the MVP. Just because here are some of the names that are going to be in the top four in each conference. You know, it's you're going to have Giannis. You're going to have LeBron. You're going to have AD. You're going to have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. You're going to have some fucking big goddamn superstar, superstar all-pro names at the top of that. And, you know, Luka might be uh, the MVP for his team. But when it comes down to the end of the year... You need to be in that top half because everyone else has studs. Look, if Phoenix is the top there, Devin Booker's gonna get calls for it, okay? Um, so there's a lot of talent that that you're gonna have to surpass at the MVP at the top. Uh, KD, Kyrie, Embiid. These are people that are gonna be Russell Westbrook, if they're a top four seed,'s gonna have stats. So for Luca, losing one game isn't everything, but when we add in needing to play your way in, into shape, and you don't have KP already, I don't know. I don't want right. to totally overreact, but those are a lot of things that you lay on the table and you say, "What's your counter to these?" And you go, "Well, Luca's just great." And they go, "Okay, well, which one of those players that I named is he actually better than right now?" He ain't better uh, than KD. He ain't better than AD. He ain't better than LeBron. You know these these are fucking these are fucking all pros that are going to be one or two seeds. So Luca, you got to buckle up if you want the MVP. You look great in the bubble and people, that's great. And he had a great line yesterday, but I don't know if the rest of that team is technically there to make this happen for him.
1: Yeah, no. Just to be clear, I'm not worried about Luca for the season or your career. None of that. Like I know that the Mavericks are going to be fine. They're going to be in the playoffs. They'll be just fine. But. I'm just saying, if you know that you start the season by playing Phoenix, the Lakers, the Clippers, Miami, Houston, and Denver, all within the first week of the of the season, I would like to see my star come in ready.
0: Yes. And here's the other thing. That's a murderer's row. So Especially they play, without KP. They play the Lakers next?
1: Yep. They okay. play the Lakers tomorrow.
0: So the Lakers are going to go to 0-2, or is Dallas going to go to 0-2? Oh. Uh,
1: it depends. LeBron rolled his ankle in game one. If LeBron plays, I would say that the Lakers are going to go ahead and, and be one and one. If LeBron sits out, I I still think that the Lakers have a chance to beat them, actually. I think AD might be able to outdo Luka.
0: So here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to tell you something I saw in that game. You tell me, and we're moving on to new topics now. You tell me, if, if, I, if I was crazy, AD does not like Dennis Schroeder holding onto the ball. Dennis played Russell Westbrook hero ball, and you can watch AD get completely fed up with it. I'm telling you, if you go back, if you have the means to watch that game, watch the third and fourth quarter when uh, LeBron goes out, so the facilitator really leaves, and Dennis goes into pure, I'm going to hold the ball and score. This is Dennis's problem with being in the starting lineup. He doesn't engage his teammates. He iso-balls. And then each attacks the rim. That's not how this Lakers team's built. It's just not. That's for LeBron to do. Because LeBron will still dish it out a ton. Watch AD. Go back if you can before they play tomorrow. And watch AD when Dennis has the ball. You will see AD lollygag up the court. Barely get into offensive formation. And most of the time when he does, he's standing around the perimeter. Off to the side. Never gets the ball. Multiple times he walked over and talked to LeBron about it. I don't know if you're going to see an adjustment, but he isn't fucking happy with that. I guarantee you, go back and watch that. Watch AD's uh, just demeanor. He did not fucking like when Dennis was hogging the ball like that. And I completely understand it. He's a better player. Dennis should not be touching the ball more than AD. And I think that game with the the Clippers kind of fell out of hand. Uh, Not out of hand, but out of the Lakers when AD lost interest and that's because Dennis held the ball and played hero ball for like nine straight minutes.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, the Lakers had to know what they were getting themselves into when they signed Schroeder. Like, I I think they signed him almost to fill that role. You know, they needed a guard that could go get their own. Uh, The problem is when Dennis Schroeder and AD have the same amount of shot attempts, that is where I see the issue. You know, like if AD is going to have 15 shot attempts, I don't need Schroeder having fifteen as well.
0: No, I want A D with twenty and I want Schroeder with ten. And I'm very happy with Schroeder getting ten and A D getting twenty.
1: Yeah, I I would be very happy with that as well. I can't say that I caught the uh I I caught AD's body language in that first game. I'll be watching it going forward, but I, I didn't see it the first time around. Um but uh, like I said, I think that they signed Schroeder to be that guy, kind of the spark plug uh, offensive guard on the team. And so you got to work it out. You know, it, it's their first game playing together. You know, if if we're still seeing this in game 40, game 50, then I'd be concerned. But right now I'm not concerned. They, they got to learn how to play
0: together. Wouldn't be concerned, something to keep an eye on. But when I, you know, you bring in Dennis to, like you said, to be that score. Here's the thing, though. You really brought him in to be a third option. That's the role he needs to find. You know, he was very adamant about starting. He does have the ability to start. There's no doubt that that team, him starting, is fine. You move Caruso basically to a third stringer, and if Caruso's a third stringer, you're in good shape. Um, But I want to see him facilitating more and less I can score the ball and more I can facilitate scoring. Um, And then when AD is out, I want him to go hero ball then. But you know, I, want, I would love for him to find himself in a position where AD and LeBron can both be off the court. They can run with Harrell, Caruso, Kuz, you know, KCP, and then Dennis holding the ball. And that's the lineup where I want to see Dennis put um, six points up over a two-minute span and their lead uh, doesn't drop as AD and LeBron both get rest. That's where, that's where the Lakers will be ferocious, if he can find that role. But when LeBron and AD are on the court, I don't ever want to see Dennis touch the ball unless AD is driving to the lane, passing it out, and then Schroeder's cutting in behind him. That, that's all I want to see. So uh, just something to keep an eye on. Um, we talk about these teams needing to gel again, these more senior teams that have brought people in. They're going to find rotation that works for them. LeBron will figure this out. Vogel will figure this out. These are championship caliber teams. Um, All right. Here's my last topic before I open it up. COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. James Harden. James Harden and COVID. So let's, let's backtrack. Every single media outlet on the planet laughed at the NFL laughed, made fun of them, pointed at them, pointed to the NBA, said, what a failure the NFL is at managing COVID. Look what the NBA did. The NBA went into a bubble, everybody. (laughs) They're not apples to apples. We are two days into the NBA season and we've had a suspension and we don't know when we're going to play. We did call this out. We did say be careful of this season because when suspensions and games start to get pushed around, that 72-game window is a lot smaller. So, you know, this is a reason why Houston under, I think, is going to be great. Because now the Houston fucking Rockets have, you know, they're not playing until the 25th and that game may get suspended as well. The COVID situation has hit the NBA already you're going to see weird fucking nba tip-off times because this it was already a condensed schedule they're going to take a page out of the NFL's playbook here and they're going to say we're playing every fucking game We we will bend over backwards to play every fucking game if the players are sick they don't fucking play we put everyone else on the fucking court and we play the goddamn game and we play as many games as we can and we try to get every single one in on schedule so we can start next year on schedule That was always the NFL's goal. We're not pushing this back because we want to keep everything sane for the 2021 season. 2021 season's where all the gold's going to be because the vaccine should be rolled out and we should be able, the NFL and the NBA are going to buy this vaccine for their players, give it to their players, and keep themselves safe and operating in the 2021 season. The NBA is going to do the same thing. So everyone out there that laughed at the NFL and said, look how great the NBA did their bubble, two days in, already a cancellation. I should say a suspension of play. How do you think COVID's going to affect this this season?
1: Uh, I think that we're going to get a lot of postponements, a lot of rescheduling. I do think that they're going to try and play every game. Um, But that's the reason why that they only released the first half of the schedule. They didn't release the second half of the schedule yet for the same reason, just so that they have some wiggle room, some flexibility to be able to play those games uh, at a later point in the season. So, I mean, we knew we were going to deal with COVID. I didn't think that we would deal with it on the season opener. Yeah. But (laughs) – we knew that it was going to be a problem ultimately the Rockets couldn't play this game because they couldn't suit eight people Uh, that's the NBA rule if if you don't have at least eight people they can't play the game so not all of it was due to COVID I know DeMarcus Cousins and Boogie had to uh had to sit because they had some tracing from going to the barber shop I feel you you got to get fresh for the season opener um And Harden, I think that he couldn't play because of his little strip club situation, although I did see that he tested negative for COVID on three or four consecutive days. So not a COVID thing for him. Uh, They also have some injuries. They have a guy with a ruptured Achilles. And, you know, there's a variety of reasons why they don't have eight people. But ultimately, they didn't have eight guys to play. And this isn't going to be the last time that we see this, I don't think.
0: And I think this is why you 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 need to get your wins when you get your wins. You don't know what games you're gonna play. You don't know when you're gonna play them. And for these older teams, I think it's you know you're gonna you're gonna vibe a little bit. You need time to get yourselves ready. But this is gonna be a weird fucking season. You're gonna lose games. You're gonna lose games because your two stars are out for a week. Like God forbid um, someone like you. You look at a team. Uh, some teams can't afford to lose one player. Um, the Lakers right now, you know, if LeBron or AD gets it and they're out for two understand that also out for two weeks if you get it. Ten days if you get it. Then you've got to fight through the effects and come back onto the court. It, it, ten days in the NBA can be six games. That is uh that's ten almost ten percent of the season you lose if you get COVID. And then you gotta fight through it back. So it's gonna be this is not like the NFL. This is a very aerobic exercise where you are moving up and down the court. It's respiration, which is what we know COVID affects way more. In the NFL, yeah, you got to be fast, but you don't have to be running. You don't run from the 20 to the 30 to the 20 to the 30 to the 20 to the 30 to the 20 to the 30. Timeout, 20 to the 30, 20 to the 30. You go 20 to the 24, 40-second break. You know? Twenty-four to thirty-five. Twenty-second, forty-second break. Uh, oh, oh, the offense is on the field. Ten minute break. You know, there's none of that. Right. This is a get your ass up there. I'm interested to see how it affects these players that get COVID. Um, we don't know who else on the Rockets had it. It wasn't a rookie who actually had it, and that was the contract tracing that took everyone out. Um, but but we'll see. The the Houston Rockets start the year with the OKC uh with people on the COVID watch list and, and we'll see what happens look will Houston play games on the 25th we don't know like I, I, we, that game yesterday was canceled last minute and once again so funny a lot of people were getting mad at the NFL for cancel we don't even know what's going on that game last night was canceled like last second you know All like right. that's gonna happen like People acted like we're not in the middle of a pandemic that hasn't killed 300,000 Americans. <laughs> like, like, oh my God, I can't believe you couldn't get, uh, you know, uh, c- can could get 25 people to not get COVID over the span of three months. Uh, yeah, it's difficult. You're moving around. It's hundreds of people in an organization. Like, it's just tough. So everyone needs to understand that and factor that into your decision making. Um, I have been fading teams that have a lot of COVID players uh, if they're important positions could happen here in the NBA. So we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, Any parting thoughts, Leo?
1: I'm excited for the Christmas slate. We have a few very good games that are going to be on tomorrow night. Um, Hold on. Let me pull them up
0: here. The first one's New Orleans. Yep. There you go. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No. We
1: start off with Pelicans heat. We're gonna get Warriors, Bucks. Although after seeing the Warriors in the season opener, I feel Yikes. like we we maybe should have just left them out of our playoff predictions.
0: Yeah, look, you know i i, I kept them. I kept them out. <laughs> but 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 here's yeah, the no, you, you I, know, I should have. Them. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Wiseman looks really good. That that that's, that's true. You also played the Nets. Okay, like the Nets, I think are gonna make a lot of teams look fucking bad. And now you're playing the Bucks. Your your Golden State pick is gonna look bad, I think, after two days. But you literally played the one in the two seed. Like you're like okay, you know, like yeah, you might lose the two games against two of the top four teams in the NBA. I I actually think your pick's gonna look great towards the end of the year because Wiseman looks fucking like a pro, man. Wiseman looks like a pro, and they'll get Green back and they'll get pieces. So go ahead, continue, sorry.
1: No, you're good. The Mavs-Lakers game, you would think that that's the one I'm most excited about, but it's not. I'm the most excited to watch Nets-Celtics at 5 p.m. tomorrow. These two teams, I mean, this could be a conference finals preview very, very early in the season, so I expect both of these teams to use this game as a measuring stick against each other. I think that this game should be, should be a great game. And so I'm going to be glued to my TV at 5 p.m. tomorrow.
0: Let's be real. This is actually Kyrie's coming home party. Not coming home, but it's more like... uh... Okay, so you enter a relationship with a long-standing, upstanding family. You destroy that family. And then you leave and join, you know this kind of we'll call them like a black sheep kind of uh franchise in, in the NBA your Knicks are your New York team the Nets are not the New York team and you join them and now it's all kumbaya and love you know I think it's actually kind of funny Kyrie burning sage as if uh he's not the demon. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he walks around going, I gotta get all these evil spirits out of Boston. And I'm like, you're the evil spirit. Like, you, you... I understand that he's had an interesting... You know, and people can say the same for Jimmy Butler. He's still a dog on the court. Um... Kyrie, you went into a situation that was perfectly kumbaya in the Boston Celtics and you dismantled them. This isn't a, I need to rid the Boston Celtics of the demons. Like you're you're the it's like you're locking yourself into the fucking uh, court. You, you put the sage up to protect everyone else from you. I just thought it was real fucking funny for him to do that. And that's Kyrie, right? gets Kyrie Galaxy Braid. And, and that and that reunion, this is the reunion because Brooklyn is a big contender now. Boston envisions himself as a contender. Boston just took down Milwaukee. I think you're right. It's the play, it's the game of the day.
1: One more question and we can get out of here. Is Kyrie Irving the most interesting player in the NBA?
0: Uh, it, yeah, he's he's the most, like, uh, if you were to want, a, like, a human case study, you know, you're like, I want to know what, you know, give me an NBA player who's just out on a limb, right? Like, a lot of NBA players fall into the same molds, the same routines. Give me someone who's just doing different shit you know just doing different shit um you know there would be two play i i would maybe want to follow dwight howard around first because <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah dwight howard might be number 1 on that list but kyrie's up there like kyrie does some interesting shit and it's not that kyrie's stupid okay kyrie just thinks he's smarter than he is which is a different problem And, you know, it's not always a problem. But Kyrie thinks he's operating on a wavelength that he's not. And everyone looks at it and goes, well, you sound crazy because I can see where you're at. And you're standing, you know, on a beach and you look at the sky and you go, honestly, man, I'm just a rocket ship in the stars. And you go, "Okay, but, you know, in that same mold, all of us then are because we're all in the same rock flying through the earth Uh, where he's like, no, I've transcended it. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, that's if it was coming from <laughs> maybe, your, maybe a little too much mushrooms. Maybe you see that's it. Isn't that really it? Kyrie kind of talks like he did way too many psychedelics.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. That's exactly what happened. I don't need him to tell me. Yeah, I know what
0: that looks I, like. I, I have friends that have done it. Okay, you, you, you know, I have myself partaked in all types of psychedelics. I understand where he's at. I've also seen friends that have gone completely off the deep end, and that's exactly where you're at, Kyrie. This isn't that he's difficult to deal with. The guy's fucking does a bunch of psychedelics, and and maybe not, but you know.
1: <laughs> no, no, I don't care what anyone says. I know what that. I know what exactly he's going through.
0: Yeah, yeah, a trip.
1: And that's why I think it's funny. I don't take it as seriously because I'm like, I, I know.
0: I, I know, know where he's at. Yeah, exactly. So that's it, Kyrie. Just. You know, some people like the drugs and, you know, that drug. Well, everyone loves drugs. Uh, some people like alcohol. Um, some people like uh, the biggest meditators I know in my life are the people that do psychedelics more than anyone else. And when you look at Phil Jackson, people go, oh, well, people don't, you know, Phil Jackson, people didn't yell at Phil Jackson for fucking burning stage. And I was like, well, Phil Jackson was a happy go lucky acid dropping, you know. NBA monster. Kyrie is fitting a very similar mold. It's just Kyrie's growing up in the age of social media where people stick microphones in his face and he goes, well, yesterday I was on two and a half tabs. So today <laughs> I am fucking buzzing. So, you, you know, like, you know, like, and and so you get weird shit out of him. We've all had friends that have fucking done too many drugs. That's exactly, for those of you who haven't done too many psychedelics, the reason why Kyrie sounds like Kyrie Is he's done too many psychedelics, and I don't know if he's actually, but he has, you know, like, mentally he's there regardless, we all see. Yeah,
1: maybe some ayahuasca, you know what I mean? Yes,
0: he might have gone on an ayahuasca trip,
1: you know?
0: I I don't doubt any of that, like, he's, you know, that's what I would have been doing, okay, like... Oh, what am I gonna do? I got four days off. Well, you know, I'm gonna trip. I got a four life. days off and a hundred million dollars. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to fucking, you know, the Bahamas, and I'm gonna trip acid with like four good friends and have a great goddamn time and do whatever I fucking want. And then people stick a mic in my face and go, "What do I think?" And I go, "Well, you know, the Nate, you know, the Earth's a beautiful place, and there's a lot of bad fucking karma floating around, and you know, I can see the karma, like I can see the bad auras around you." And and when you're just moving through life and you hit those oars, you're just trying to bounce off them, you know, so I just keep myself in that mode where I'm always looking out, I'm always looking in, uh, you know, I'm always questioning shit, and I'm like, yeah, man, I fucking get it, you're doing shrooms, like, you know, so... um wrap it up the thing
1: is with nba media is i don't think that they have had those experiences Mm-mm. for the most part and so no. they just think he's crazy i'm watching the tv like damn this man's been blasted
0: yeah <laughs> he's been fucking bla- and, and I, you know that's why people are like people that know him they're like no no that's just Kyrie. like if you were hanging out with him you know this is the same guy who was uncle drew the guy does have like this whole fun personality of him You just see the moment he did maybe a little bit too much drugs. Maybe that's why the fucking... Here's the thing. Maybe that's why the Cavs wanted to trade him. Maybe that was all part of it. He does do a lot of psychedelics. He is difficult to manage. And that's why the Cavs wanted to trade him. Because they're like, behind the scenes, this guy's kind of going off the deep end with this shit. And LeBron probably was like, LeBron okayed that trade, okay? So LeBron knew what was coming up. He saw what was happening, and he said, eh, eh, give me Paul George. I hear he just likes weed and Hennessy. You
1: know, that's much easier
0: to, much easier to deal with because I myself like weed and Hennessy. But I, I don't partake in shrooms. And, and that probably was more relatable. And there's a lot of this emotional side of things that come out that we don't ever know about. But, you know, that's where I think we're at with him. All right let's get out of here uh we will be bringing you an nba breakdown pod every single week along with our nfl you can find me at pick and play 37 you can find leo at pick and scroll remember rate subscribe review stay safe out there in the pandemic we're almost through it i hope i hope i hope hopefully we get a little relief here from our government and as always stay safe reach out to us let us know with anything uh, that you want us to cover And peace.